0: Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge.
1: And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now.
0: Bonjour and welcome to the Recruitment Flex. We're recording from the plum boot at HR Tech in Las Vegas. And I have the pleasure to welcome the CEO of Fama.io, Ben Monas. Ben, thanks for coming on. And if you wouldn't mind sharing with the audience what pharma does
2: thanks again for uh having me on yeah pharma we are a software company what we do is help businesses identify workplace misconduct via online screens so we screen everything from social media to online search results to civil litigation to news a wide range of sources think of everything that represents who we are in text and image that's what we do help companies productize wrap their arms around this ever-emerging digital ecosystem digital landscape to Manage people risk. Perfect. After last year, when we met
0: you at HR Tech, a lot has changed. And one of it is a pretty big acquisition in the space. So tell us a little bit about your acquisition of social intelligence. Like give us the
2: the background of how a transaction like this happens. Totally. The screening industry is a small one, right? And so Social Intel had actually started their company about five years prior to FAMA. And they laid a lot of the groundwork, if you will, for normalizing social media screening, I would say. They also worked with the government, the FTC specifically, on organizing the right legal frameworks, folding it under the FCRA, and actually got the memorandum from the FTC that made social media screening legal in pre-employment screening. Hmm. So they were trailblazers in a lot of ways. And we had known each other, I would say, friendly competitors over the years. We'd see each other in the sort of waiting rooms of conferences or deals we were both trying to win, et cetera. So I got to know the CEO, Bianca Lager, president of the company over a couple of years, and Essentially, we decided it was a a better move for the industry, for us to join forces, begin integrating some of their compliance, know-how, customer service into our technology, into our experience. And yeah, we acquired the company in April of this year. Really, yeah, exciting moment for us, our first acquisition as a business. And yeah, we've now brought all those SI customers onto the Fama platform and they essentially just got a major upgrade in terms of product capability. And we've integrated all the best of the best from SI into Fama. It's been fun. Very few surprises and like really good people. It's awesome.
0: You also recently announced a new partnership with Hanova. Can you give us a scoop?
2: Yeah, sure. Part of my personal fascination with faBA and I think a lot of what our team has seen since the beginning our investors too, is that there is just an immense power in social media data and who we are online. The mm. level, scope and depth of insight that is available, I think we often gloss over the fact that companies like Meta, for example, or Google, they're carrying the stock market a lot of ways and they do it really on the backs of data, people's Mm. data, right? Selling ads to folks. So I think it's always been this kind of hidden in plain view, this value, this inherent insight in who we are online and the ability to abstract commercial value out of digital identity. And but Fama, we started the company, I think I told the story last year, but we started the company because I missed something on a new hire yeah. that was plainly available online. A risk that had I seen it, looked at this guy's online presence, we would have totally avoided the risk the company uh, went through and the, the negative event, unfortunately, that happened all those years ago. So I knew, and I saw personally the power of the data. I think a lot of our customers did as well. The HuNova partnership, it's a, a company out of New York affiliated with Farouk College and group of IO psychologists, entrepreneurs, and really AI engineers who came together and built a ensemble assessment framework that includes seven or eight different assessments wrapped into a single algorithm that essentially allows us to generate a complete professional competency assessment that's been validated using text alone, meaning that we can extract from a person's publicly available web presence, a complete psychometric assessment and professional competency overview that's validated, that's real with the bias checks included. And so we just announced it, but our vision, we're launching the product actually early next year. So it's very early. This is not available to our customers yet, but it's something that we're really trying to figure out the customer experience, candidate journey. I got some feedback yesterday from someone that said the experience was almost too fast. The AI worked too quickly. That made it almost seem like it wasn't real. Working those things out of trying to figure out the user interface, user experience, yeah. et cetera. The compliance landscape, working with regulators, yeah, it's really a fascinating evolution in our technology, and it allows us to go from saying, "Hey, we can use this data to help you avoid risk, downstream costs within your organization," but now we're stepping into through the partnership with Genova, almost like now we can help you find good people. Now we can help you find the people with the skill set, and I'm not going to call it soft skills. I'm going to call it the human potential that they bring to the table. You know that you can source, build teams, and completely rethink the way that you source and assess talent it's a pretty big step for us honestly it's a pretty major move
1: that sounds huge even as i'm listening to you ben i'm honestly my mind is just like going 100 miles an hour trying to figure out how could you possibly do that without violating somebody's privacy if you're evaluating everything that they have ever written
2: I'll tell I'm, you when I, mean, I, when I first demoed it, we actually have a prototype at our booth that you guys can come check out where you can actually just it. plug in your own Twitter account and see, or X account and see what the solution says about you based on your social media text. Wow. But when we first demoed it and turned it on, I had a very similar feeling. Mm. I've had the same feeling I remember I had when I uploaded a thousand songs onto my iPod for the first time. Analogy. I had that same feeling. Yeah, and I turned on real? Waze for the first time and Waze was like, this is how you get home on a route you've never seen before, but trust me, you'll get home faster than your normal route. I felt that way when we, we launched this product. We let the, the genie out of the bottle, the toothpaste out of the tube, whatever analogy you want to use. <laughs> but the reality that we can extract legitimate personality and professional comp insights from written text alone.
1: Well, they, we're going to run this on yeah. search.
2: Okay. Yeah, we're going to try Well,
1: you've got much more presence online, because I don't. I really don't. Like, other than... Does
0: it track only fans, or that's not in there? Right? <laughs> that's, only
2: that's written, right? For you. That's yeah. just That's just <laughs> for you. No, but from this conversation we're having right now, if it was transcribed in writing, okay. we could do the same thing. Well. Okay, that's wild. Oh, that's my gosh. Yeah, But that's the future we're living in, like, here now.
1: So, even with... 300 podcast episodes, it would take that into account? Spoken so word?
0: 300 transcribed podcast episodes. Let's test it out.
2: Let's see. All right. I, I, like I said, we're just launching this. We've just oh, announced a partnership, just got the prototype up. We're using the next six months to build it, but I want to test that. That's, That's pretty cool. cool. That's yeah. really cool. Very cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, we're really excited about it. It is scary,
0: I have to admit, but yeah. I get it. There's a lot of things in the coming years that are going to look a little scary on the outset, but we'll see right. how it works. We're going to keep an eye on it. So I read a recent report that Fama released. I'm not exactly sure what the timing was, but I found some interesting insights. When we look at what are the most common type of workplace issues that arise, the number one was harassment. So yeah. 37% sexual misconduct was second and intolerance. Let's dig in a little bit deeper how social background screening can help us avoid these issues. And do you have any cases that these types of Situations have been measured and have gone down leveraging FAMA on the onset.
2: Sure. A lot of the ROI with FAMA has historically been the accident that never happened, the harassment that never occurred in a lot of ways, like a seatbelt or insurance policy, you know, line. but that's this year alone, we stopped a workplace shooter, which was huge. Something that we did for one of our clients. who had someone who was threatening other executives online. We intervened. Flagged it for them. They got involved before a really negative thing happened. Of course, we found a doctor who was selling body parts on Twitter, true story that was really happening. And the run of the mill standard, I was about to hire someone. And then I found out they have this history of harassment litigation that they've been named three or four different times over a 15 year period. As not even a defendant in a case, but somebody who was named in a body of a brief, right? Those are the sorts of things that we do for our clients day in and day out. And the harassment piece, for example, the state of workplace misconduct report that you're referencing, our whole thing is that we can help you identify as an employer, the folks that have normalized acting harassing towards others or acting intolerant towards others. The perspective, again, with FABA is that who we are online is in many ways more indicative of who we are than almost anything else, because it's that moment when the camera isn't on, when no one's looking, when you're just being you. And so it's that kind of codification of normalization of what I would just call the sorts of things that nobody wants in the workplace. So that's what we help companies do. And the workplace misconduct about the multiplier effect, something in that research report, highly recommend everyone who's yes. listening and you to, of course, check out, it sounds like surgery. Got a read through on it, but we talked about something called the misconduct multiplier effect. Came out of uh, some Harvard research and we take 86 citations in this report. So it's a lot of primary research that went into it. But one of them is the misconduct multiplier effect. basically says that for every incident of workplace misconduct, so someone gets harassed, HR complaint, right? There is a 1.6x multiplier effect of more misconduct happening inside of that company. That essentially (laughs) means in like layman's terms is, a bad apple really can spoil the bunch and what most companies don't realize. I think when, especially you think of all the HR leaders here on the show floor right now, they get that call at 1. AM that they don't want. They come in the next day and have to deal with a complaint, you know, from a former employee, right about a person's behavior. They seem to think at times, this is just a cost of doing business. This just happens. It's out of our control. But the reality is, is that we have to connect who we're screening. And who's coming in to how they will affect the folks that are already inside of the company. So it's a paradigm shift. And like most people think about screening as like, all right, do it. And it's just, I hire them or I don't. And then they're in. Then we throw them in the bucket and then they, whatever happens. But the reality is, every person that comes into your organization evolves the nature, the makeup, the culture, the thread of the fabric (laughs) itself. Thinking about screening that way allows you to make that this kind of connection.
1: I think HR people, would agree with you wholeheartedly. Cause they are the ones that kind of are the janitor in the organization. Totally. And I believe if we surveyed a hundred of our HR friends, they would say that it is probably on the light side to say a 1.6, did you say 1.6 multiplier? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say it's far more widespread. Because when you think about what we have now said we're going to tolerate for behavior. Yeah. And That is the only way anyone knows what is the culture in your organization. It's how we treat each other. And so your study showing that misconduct, sexual misconduct or intolerance, that does not surprise me. And that's probably one of the hardest things because you're not going to see it in an interview.
2: No one's going to say they're a racist.
1: Nobody. And nobody's going to say that they can't keep their hands off other people. (laughs) They're not. You're not gonna find that out in an interview.
2: And I know that this stuff is like, can be uncomfortable to talk about, right? Mm-hmm. I know that sometimes when you rake manure, it doesn't always smell great. That's the sort of world that I live is is in these questions where we don't always like talking about the, the negative side of how we screen and how we bring folks on board, but it is the reality of, of the lives that we lead professionally, especially.
1: Were there any other really interesting findings from that report?
2: Yeah, the thing that really stuck out to me is the misconduct multiplier effect. I can't <laughs> stop thinking about it in a lot of ways, just because it does have this sense of yes. people who coming in do affect others. But I think the other really interesting research is in some highly regulated industries, which was a bit surprising, Yeah, healthcare, for example, and even in government, you see a lot less. Me and entertainment who has in the 30s, right? 30 percentage, about 30%, something like that. I don't have the, the data in front of me, but much more significant in media and entertainment than healthcare. And it's a reflection, I think, of the licensing, the clearances, mm-hmm. 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 the very rigorous talent requirements in these more regulated industries that you actually see a lot less risk, which is Interesting, because on one hand, it shows that these are companies that really care about that stuff and are developing talent pipelines from the very beginning, organizing their hiring teams, interview structure, et cetera, as a way to identify this stuff early on in their process. But also interesting from our perspective, because healthcare is one of our biggest verticals. They also still really care about it and screen for it. So that's makes an interesting sense. kind of dichotomy. Yeah, makes
1: sense. Yeah. 2023 has been a huge year for pharma
2: Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. We have grown the team a lot and got a great group here at HR Tech. And it's all about the people who are making it happen day in and day out. I'm just the guy who comes on these podcasts and (laughs) says a bunch of big picture stuff. But we got a whole team of people who are cruising and making it happen. So, What's next? What does
0: 2024 look like for Fama?
2: I think we got to figure out this new frictionless assessment. So that's a big thing for Mm. us, of course, getting that live and out accommodating a lot of and identifying a lot of some of the risks that we talked about with that. But outside of that, we're continuing to, I'd say, eat our vegetables and try to grow. That's it.
0: Really appreciate you coming. If anyone wants to find out more about FAMA, where do they go? And if they want to connect with you, what's the best way to connect?
2: Yeah, sure. I'm really active on LinkedIn. So I would just say shoot me a follow or connect with me. Uh, Ben Monas is my name. And FAMA, check us out on our website, FAMA.io. Thank Thank you you so much. Thanks, guys.
1: But au revoir.
0: Shelly, let's face it, texting candidates is the easiest way to hire quicker today. But your cell phone doesn't connect to your ATS. You're sharing your personal number with strangers. That's pretty scary, right, Shelly? And mm. it's not even legally compliant.
1: Mm, this is where our friends at RecText come in. They've created simple yet powerful text recruiting software that works with your ATS. Plus, it's designed by recruiters for recruiters, so you know it works. To learn more and book a demo, visit www.rectxt.com. Mention the Recruitment Flex and get 10% off annual plans.
2: What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes?